the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, Pope Benedict uh, Joseph Ratzinger was the greatest theologian in the last couple hundred years, in my opinion. He says this about the Bible, and he says it for this reason. In um, biblical scholarship today, in the academia uh, that studies scripture, that studies the Gospels, that studies the Old Testament, these things, it's so convoluted now with so much scholarship going on, going on and going array, not, uh, not kind of acting or interpreting scripture according to the tradition of the church. Many scholars are just really badly interpreting scripture all over the place. And so I'll give you an example of this. Uh, for example, there is a scholar that says in the book of Genesis, when God creates everything and uh, everything is good, and then the devil comes, and he says to Adam and Eve, did God really say that you can't eat of any of the trees? And Eve said, no, we can eat of all of them except for this one, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, otherwise we'll die. And the devil said, you will not die. Well, obviously, this means you're not going to die a physical death. God said that we will die the death. This means that you will die ultimately. You will die to the life of God. Your, so your soul will be dead to true life, to, to the life of God, even if your physical body remains. This is the traditional interpretation of the church. It's the implicit understanding of uh, what's being said over there. This biblical scholar said, look, they didn't die after they ate of the fruit. Therefore, the devil told the truth and God was the liar. So this is just one example of what biblical scholars do today. Well, Re J Pope Benedict says, because so much of this is going on in, in biblical scholarship, Pope Benedict says, we don't know everything about the Bible. The way we interpret the Bible tells us more about ourselves than it tells us about the Bible itself. So if I interpret, if I'm looking at scripture and I'm thinking about it in a certain way, it says more about me than what is actually being said in the text. Now, an analogy can be made about real life. I'm going to take that and say that the way we interpret reality around us tells us more about our own hearts. It tells us more about ourselves than it tells us about reality around us. Because oftentimes we'll find that we're judging people for something that they're doing, that we're upset with somebody for some things that they're doing or that they're not doing or that the way they say it or whatever it is, and we get we tend to get really upset really quickly, oftentimes. And in my opinion, that says more about us than it says about them. Oftentimes, we'll look at the world around us and say that everything is just so unfair. Everything is just so unjust. Everything is just evil and bad, and it's got to be the end times, and ne never in the history of humanity have things been this badly before, and so on and so forth. Well. No, I think that says more about us than it says actually about the world around us. How are we supposed to interpret the world then? Because if we're interpreting it badly, which is most often the case, how are we supposed to interpret our lives in the world around us? What does Jesus say in the Gospel reading? Jesus said to his disciples, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I, told, would I tell you that I go to prepare a place for you? 
What is Jesus doing here, first of all? He's associating faith with a troubled heart, a lack of faith with a troubled heart. We, our hearts are troubled when we don't do what Jesus tells us to do. Believe in God, believe also in Christ. When we don't do that, our hearts are necessarily going to grow troubled. Why? If we don't believe in God, if we don't believe in Christ, who reveals God to us, then we're not believing in the foundational reality of the entire world and what runs it. And if we don't do that, then we're floating. And if we're floating, our hearts are troubled. We have to depend on ourselves. And there's no way that we can do that. And if we don't interpret the world around us, our own lives, the people around us, the actions, the inactions of ourselves and everybody around us, through this lens to believe in God as the foundation of all reality and to believe in Christ and the love that he has shown us, if we don't believe, if we don't interpret the world through the eyes of God, if we don't interpret our own lives through the eyes of God, our hearts will be troubled and we will live with troubled hearts. And if we live with troubled hearts because we're interpreting our own lives without faith and we're interpreting the world around us without faith, yes, we will have troubled hearts and that will be our fault. And it doesn't say anything true about the world or about our own lives or about the people around us. It says something true only about us, that we are lacking faith. In this gospel, particularly, this is John chapter 14. And between John 13 through 17, all four of those chapters are five of those chapters, nine. Uh, all five of those chapters are uh, in the context of the Last Supper. This is all, all five of those chapters, Jesus is there at the Last Supper with the apostles. You, you know that this is the night that Jesus is going to be betrayed. Amazingly, Jesus says to the disciples that are about to abandon him to be arrested, sentenced to death, and then to die later. To the disciples that Jesus knows are going to do this to him, he says, in my house, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? When I go to prepare a place for you, I will come and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Amazingly, Jesus wants to go through his passion and then resurrection and then ascend into heaven and prepare a house in his own father's house for the disciples that are going to abandon him because he wants them to be with him. Amazingly, the disciples that are about to abandon Jesus to his own death and leave him alone while he suffers alone, he wants them to be with him. He still desires their company. He still wants their friendship. Though they are unjustly and unfairly and cowardly deserting him. Why is that? Because despite the suffering and the pain and the anguish that Jesus is about to endure, that he knows he's about to endure, his heart is not troubled. His heart is not troubled because he sees all things, reality, his own life, and those disciples that are about to desert him through the eyes of God. And if I say honestly, faith is not just an intellectual ascent, neither is it coming to mass. Ultimately, those are, those are uh, kind of manifestations of real faith. You know that you have real faith if you come to Mass. You know that you have real faith if you're going to confession, you're doing what the church says to do, et cetera, et cetera. 
But faith resides in the heart, in the heart that sees things the way God sees things, in the heart that desires to see things the way God see th sees things, in the heart that is converting daily and at every moment, and that when we know that we are thinking wrongly about things, when we know that our hearts are troubled, we don't just give in to a troubled heart, we decide, no, I'm going to turn now, I'm going to repent now, I'm going to convert my heart now, and I'm going to try to see things the way God sees things, which is, which is through the eyes of the love that Christ manifests to us in his own suffering for our sake who abandoned him. That's real faith, brothers and sisters. And that is the kind of faith, that is the elevation of the mind and heart that you, is united to God, so much so that whatever is going on in the world around us and in our own lives, our hearts will not be troubled. This is what our Lord wants of us. And this is what he wants to give to us. If only daily we can convert to him at every moment, to him who wants to give us hearts that are peaceful so that we can be united to him forever in this life and then enter the place that he has prepared for us in the Father's house. Amen.